That's a lot of great stuff to look forward to. Our servers are going to collect our offering right now, and uh, just uh, would thank you for for that, your faithfulness in that as they're collecting that. One one more thing, just want to let you know about. Uh, mentioned this last week. Uh, we're going to have a twenty four hour uh, opportunity for prayer uh, in just a couple of weeks, October twenty third and twenty fourth. And so signups began last weekend for that. If you'd like to be part of it, it's a really awesome experience. If you haven't experienced it before, you really should. Uh, be lots of uh, it'll be in this room. There'll be prayer stations set up, kind of an interactive thing where you come in, and, and the space will be reserved just for you to come in and spend some time with the Lord and and kind of moving through uh, some some different things. Uh, so if you'd like to to step up to to take an hour, we'll have a volunteer that'll be out in the lobby today with a sign-up board at one of the vertical TVs. So be sure to grab your time slot and uh, looking forward to, to, to that opportunity. And now today, we're, we're getting close to the end of this series we've been in for a few weeks, the Sermon on the Mount, this famous sermon that Jesus preached. And I have really enjoyed digging into it. I hope, I hope it's been challenging for you. And, and uh, you know, we just keep going back to these things that, that I know I've heard a lot, but you just taking a fresh look at it. It's really uh, convicting and inspiring. And today where we land is a topic that I think pretty much everybody, we, we've been here at some point. Some of us are here in a big way right now, but it's, it's, the, it's the issue of worry. I really want to dig into that. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. And Jesus has some really challenging words to say to us about, about that today. But I heard about this guy that wrestled with worry, and he had a surgery coming up. And so if you're a worrier at all, you know, anything that's medical health related, of course, that just, if you got a little anxiety, anything that's in regards to your health, that just takes it to another level. And so this guy's got a surgery coming up, and he's all mixed up about it and, you know, anxious. And, uh, but you know, wondering what's going to happen, and what if something goes wrong, and what if I wake up in the middle of the surgery, and you know, all those weird things that he's thinking. And the day of the surgery comes, and he, and he goes, and they, they've got him at the hospital. He's all prepped and ready, laying in the bed. When the surgeon walks into the room, and he's got his scrubs on and masked up and all ready, and he, and he walks up to the side of the bed, and he looks down at the patient, and then he says, takes a dip, big, deep breath, and he says, hey, it's all right, just breathe everything's going to be fine. This is just a simple surgery. You got this, Dave. And the patient looks up and says, Doc, my, my name's not Dave. And he says, I know, my name is Dave. <laughs> I would take that anxious to a whole different level there for sure. I, I, I'm preaching to you about worry, and I just want to tell you up front that this, this is a struggle of mine. I don't have this thing licked yet. Uh, I, I can find myself getting into a, getting into, you know, a little bit of a, a worry mindset. So it's difficult to wrestle through. But let's look at Jesus' words together in Matthew 6. So start in verse 19. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, well, how deep 
that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, well, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's pray. Lord, help us to, help us to understand these words today. Help us uh, just, just open our hearts, open our minds, and just reveal, reveal your truth to us, and may it change us, and it, help us to just have a fresh breath of air and to rest in your spirit today and in your provision for us. I ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So I admit it, I'm a little bit of a worrier. I, I'll own up to that. Uh, I, I, when things in my life aren't going the, the way that I, I was expecting them to go, you know, you, you got a plan. I'm, I, I like to have a plan. I like to have a list. I like to, here's, what we're, here's what's going to happen, and here's my timeline. And when things, you know, when it doesn't hit the mark, I, I sort of struggle a little bit, and I can jump ahead and start thinking about well, all the what-ifs. Well, okay, if that happened, then that means this could happen, and that means that that could happen. And, and then I'm worried about things that are most likely never going to happen. And even if they did, there's nothing I could do about it anyway. I, I've heard, and research has shown that, you, maybe you've heard this, that over 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. So you may think, Brandon, see all your worryings for nothing. Or I would say, maybe my worrying kept those things from happening, and you should say thank you. If, if the, my worry kept the 90% away, maybe, maybe that's, it really worked. I, you know, just, just kidding on that, by the way. But it, it, it really is, is something I'm working on. I, God's still working on me. But it's been said that the problem of, of worry is it, it makes you suffer twice. Mark Twain said, worrying is like paying a debt that you don't have, and paying a debt that you don't owe. So what do we, what do, we do with this passage? Well, let's, let's first begin 
by starting with what, what is worry? Because it's not the same thing as being concerned. Uh, it is not the same thing as trying to be a little conservative in the lean times. You know, we're just trying to, trying to watch, you know, keep a, you know, trying to be responsible. It's, it's, not, it's not the same thing as scaling back or being cautious in tumultuous moments. No. This is, this is the biblical understanding of worry. It, it really is, it's a, it's a response, it's a way of responding to life that's lived in God's world. So everything around us, this, is, this belongs to the Lord, we belong to the Lord, it's all His. And as, we, as we're living, we respond to moments and to things that happen to us, and the way that we respond, worry can, it, it can be a product of that. You might say that, that worry is a response to God Himself. Three times in that passage I just read to you, three times Jesus said, do not worry. I think he meant it. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. One thing I've noticed over and over again in the Sermon on the Mount is really if you, if you boil it all down, the theme that just keeps presenting itself is watch your heart. What's going on in your heart? What, what's motivating you? What's driving your life? And, and Jesus keeps raising the bar. He's trying to get us to see something bigger. You know, we get stuck in the weeds. And he said, you're, you're, you're down here, and all you see is just right here what's in front of you. And I'm trying to get you to lift your head a little bit. And, and this is when it comes to worry and, and anxiety, really what it is, it's, it's misplaced focus. It's a way of responding to life lived in God's world. Proverbs 12, 25 says that worry weighs a person down. It just drags you down. There's nothing good. It doesn't produce anything good in your life. And some of us in here, even right in this room right now, some of, some of us are fooling ourselves because, you know, we're, we're pretty good at um, coming up with excuses for why we have bad habits or bad behaviors. So some of you, some of us, I, you know, I can put myself in that category too. We're warriors, and and truth, truth be told, I mean, it's a that is you want to get down to brass tacks. Worry is a, it's a sin. It is a way of sinning. Jesus said, "Don't do it," and when we say, "Well, I'm going to do it anyway," that's that's the definition of sin. And so we're sinners in that in that area. And we, but we, but we will recategorize it. We try to we try to spin it and say, "No, no, no, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a worrier." I'm just being responsible, as if that could do anything, as if it, it produces anything, right? I, you know, I, I'm not anxious unless it comes to my kid's health. But when it comes to my kid's health, I'm running to the, to the ER again because that little cough didn't sound good. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going to stay up all night and we, we, we go to extremes about it. Or, you know, I'm not a worrier except for the fact that I'm 30 and I'm not married, and I should have been married by now. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what. So maybe I need to lower my standards or lower the bar. I don't know. Maybe if I could just go dumpster diving a little bit, that'd be okay. Because I'm I, I'm I'm really worried about this. I should have this should have happened by now. Or I'm I'm not a I'm not a worrier, but I I think it's okay if I'm anxious a little bit about our world and what's going on in the world and you know what's going on politically. Like I, I don't know, our next president could either be serving from jail or from a nursing home. I don't know what to do with that. So maybe maybe I should worry about it. 
Philippians 4. This is a pretty clear command from God. I mean, this is, this is crystal. Don't worry about anything. You, you really can't redefine that. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. This is an interesting thing. This, this really isn't a talk so much about don't be fearful so much as it is allow fear and anxiety to drive you to good spiritual habits. I mean, when you, when you feel worried, when you feel anxious, what, what do you do in those moments? Where do you turn? Because we all feel it. We feel those things. I was talking to this guy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I won't get into the whole backstory of it. But just a super religious, super kind of, I would say, pharisaical type guy. And uh, he, anyway, one of the, one of the comments that, that he, he made to me, he says, I don't worry about anything. I'm not scared of anything. And I said, oh, I guarantee I can find some things you're scared of. Lots of things. Probably more than most because of the way you're responding. But, but when you think about what, where, where do we turn for that guy, what he was turning to is really kind of just getting down to, I'm going to check every box. I'm going to make sure that I you know, letter the law and I'm following all the rules, even though it's not, my heart is far from God. But the temptation to worry, it's just like any other temptation. And that's not wrong, you know, it's not, it's not wrong for us to be tempted. We're all tempted. But what do you do in that moment when, when that feeling comes over you? you? You don't necessarily have control of when it hits you, but it really just boils down to how do you respond? What do, what do you do? Our English word worry comes from an old word that means to choke, like to strangle. And that's really what worry does. It, it, uh, it, it, it shakes us up, it keeps you up, and it locks us up. Worry causes some people to stop eating and start drinking. Worry can cost people their jobs, their marriages, their health. I mean, there's just nothing good there. That's why Jesus is pointing this out to us. In verse 27, he says, can all your worries, can all of these things you're concerned about, can they add a single moment to your life? Rhetorical question. No. It doesn't. It's crazy that a passage in Philippians 4 says, don't worry, instead pray. It says, driving us to something that we can actually do. It says, you, you've got this. You're, you're tempted to, to feel this way. You're tempted to, to go down that spiral again. Instead of doing that, do this. It says, go, go to God. What if, and let's just throw this out and, and think, dream with me a little bit. Maybe, what would this look like in your life? What if the next time that you felt that you know, however you might describe that, whether it feels like a wave, whether it feels like a, you know, kind of an ominous thing, that just this darkness, like, oh, here it comes, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling worried, I'm feeling scared. What if when you began to feel that moving and creeping over you, you would just stop what you're doing, wherever you are, pull over the car, you know, step away from the desk, just, just pause right in that moment and talk to God about it. In your own words, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, it doesn't have to be anything rehearsed, 
But what if you could just say, Lord, okay, I feel this way. And I don't know what to do about this. I, I, what, what, would be, what would be different in your life if you could begin to do that? Just that little spiritual habit of, well, I'm starting to feel anxious, so I better stop and I better talk to God right now. What would change if you let God in on those moments instead of trying to figure it all out on your own? Like trying to, no, I, I, I'll, I'll handle this, or I'll, yeah, I'm freaking out, but that's what I do, and so it's just, I'm going to go there again. You know, what, what, if you, what if you said, okay, maybe you've got some money problems, you know, things are tight, groceries are horrendous, gas is still high, like all, all these problems, right? Have you, ever, have you ever stopped to ask God, Lord, I am, I am stressed out about money, I am worried about it, and it's just, it, it, it's just freaking me out. Have you ever thought about saying, you know, I'm having a hard time making ends meet, would you would you give me an increase in my finances? Or maybe you'd say, or, or if, if that's not the, the, your will for me right now, would you give me wisdom to be able to see where in my life I might be overspending that, that's causing a problem so that I can scale back and just eliminate this financial stress that I have? You ever thought about letting God into that? Instead of just trying to navigate the whole thing by yourself? What if you're, if you're worried because you're single and you really, really, really want someone in your life and you're like, man, I just keep making bad decisions and I, 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 you know, I just I go dumpster diving because I'm scared and I don't want to be alone and it just, it just keeps wrecking me more and more. Have you ever thought about saying, Lord, would you, would you bring someone into my life that honors you and that would treat me well? And, 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 and here, here's a, a great prayer. This is one that God loves to answer is help me to focus on becoming the kind of person that the person I'm looking for is looking for. Work on me. Show me the areas in my life that, that, I, need to, that I need to work on, work on and, and the areas that I'm, I'm just kind of falling and stumbling over and over again. I keep going back to the same broken wells. Help me to, to not do that. Psychologists say that the top four things we worry about, these are the Top four are money in the future. That's number one. Number two is job security. Number three is relationships. And number four is health. Did I hit you? I, I probably hit at least everybody in the room. From those four things, are we talking to God about them? Because those four things are also very personal. Those are things that you may not talk to anybody else about. In verse 26, Jesus said, look at the birds. Look at the birds. They, they don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns because your heavenly Father feeds them. He takes care of them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? In verse 28 and 30, and, and why are you worried about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing and if God, verse 30 says, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? See, back in the first century, this was a big deal for them because they didn't have refrigeration. It wasn't like you just, you know, had a, a week's worth of food in your kitchen. Probably not many of us in here have, uh, are, are that worried about how we're going to get our next meal. You know, we, we have a lot of options. Uh, now, that's not true around the world, but for us as Americans, we're, we're usually not too concerned about how am I going to eat. 
We got other worries that, that are connected to financial, connected to our security, our sense of security. I just want to remind you that God knows exactly how to take care of you. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what your concerns are. And we can't forget that at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, at the beginning of this talk that Jesus was giving, he gave us the Beatitudes. And he said, God blesses you. He blesses you when this happens. He blesses you when you face these issues. Uh, he, he wants you to, to live a blessed life. But, but the, a blessed life is not one that's free from problems. That's not what it is. A lot of people have hijacked the word blessed. A blessed life is it's not one that's free of adversity or trouble. It's not an easy life. A blessed life is blessed because Jesus is in it. Now I have hope. And I, like no matter what I go through in life, I know that, it's, that I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. And he's going to walk with me. He makes it a blessed life wherever you are. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to get all, all uh, tied up because we have a real vibrant relationship with Jesus. And he knows my needs and he promises to care for me and my needs. The essence of worry, what it is, is it's, it's trying to, to find your, your hope in something that's temporary and fleeting. Like if I'm, I'm trying to figure something out and I, I've got this issue in my life, I've got this problem... What worry is, is it's, it's kind of worshiping something else. It's like, I've got to find the answer. I've got to find the solution. I have to figure this out. And we treat something as if it's a, like, uh, like God, and we're trying to find blessings in that. But there is no stability in the world that's going to give you what you're looking for. There's, you can search high and low. There's nothing that's going to fill the void. Only Jesus. Only Jesus Money is just one example of that. And that's why, because you look at this, this, this talk on worry. He starts out by talking about money. He's like, you can't serve two masters. This is why I'm telling you this. You can't love God and love money. You can't worship them both. That's just one example. If you're in love with money, if your life's obsession is with trying to accumulate as much as you possibly can, you will never be satisfied. It will never be enough. And, and at the same time, not only, will it, it's, not only is that just, a, just really a fruitless pursuit, but on the other hand, while you're distracted with that, you will be missing out on some of the richest joys in life that God wants you to have. You'll miss it, all of it. Jesus gives us two things to do when worry comes knocking at the door. The first is this. He says, understand... Understand that anything worth having is uphill. Anything that you're looking for, whatever it is that you're, you know, I, I see people <laughs> complaining all the time. Oh, I've got to make a change in my life. Oh, I've got to have this. Oh, I've got to have that. But nobody wants to put the work in. Everything you want, anything worthwhile is going to require effort. I love what uh, John Maxwell, great leadership expert, what he says about this. He says, everything you want Anything that's going to be worthwhile in your life is going to require you to climb. Anything. It's uphill. You'll, you'll never hear somebody say, if they're asked, you know, you look at somebody that's got a, that has great relationships or maybe they, they have a close walk with God and, and you can just tell, like, it just oozes out of them. Like, that man, this person's got a 
they're just really at peace and, and, uh, and blessed. Or you see someone that's successful in some other area of life, whatever it is, you ever ask them, hey, how'd you get there? Nobody ever says, I don't know, it just happened. It just slid into it. Now, they might say something like that out of humility. But the truth is, there was a lot of work and effort that was involved. There was a lot of sacrifice. There were a lot of moments that they didn't want to get up and go after the thing that they went and got up after. But you'll, you'll, if, if success was easy, everyone would be successful. It's hard. Jesus said in verse 33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Man, that's a mouthful right there. This is the focus of your life. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live right, rightly, righteously. And when you do that, God will give you everything that you need. What, what is he saying? He says, it means you put him first every time, all the time, every day, in everything. And, and you never slip. You never say, well, you know, I tried that for a week and well, nah, whatever. No, it means you put God First in your life every day, no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter how you woke up, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how sad you are, how angry you are, how preoccupied you are, you put God first every day, and he says, he'll take care of all, everything that you need. Would you understand that you are on a mission with God, and, and the purpose of that is to help, is to work with God to make the broken places healed. You know, those that, are, that feel far from God, they feel alienated, disenfranchised, that we're bringing them to him. We're, we're, we want to work to eliminate injustice in the world, eliminate anything that stands against the goodness and the greatness of our God. Jesus says, when you pursue these things, you're pursuing the kingdom of God. That's what that is. It's not easy. But it's worth it. He says, you do this, God will take care of you. He'll, he'll take care of your needs. You just trust him. And here's the other thing he tells us to do. Stay in today. Don't run out. Don't be worried about tomorrow. Stay in today. When the people of Israel, you go back Old Testament, you think about this. Uh, the people of Israel, as they were, they were out wandering the desert. God was leading them to the promised land. They weren't there yet. They're just wandering, wandering, wandering. And every day he gave them this food called manna. It was something that came out of heaven. And his instruction to them was, you only take what you need for today. The only time that they were allowed to take two days worth was when it was the Sabbath. Because weren't, they weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath. But any other time, if they tried to do that, it would just rot and be filled with maggots. He says, you only take what you need for today. Why would he say that? Because he was trying to instill in them, you trust me for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. You walk with me today. Trust me for what you need today. Verse 34, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Don't worry. It'll be waiting on you. Just focus on today. Today's trouble is enough. Yesterday's gone. You can't go back and change it. You can't go back and do anything. There's no need to worry about what could have been or what, oh, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? That's gone. Shut the door. And tomorrow's not yet been born. So we can't really get all bent out of shape about that. You have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring. There's no need to worry about what might come. We understand God's presence and his provision in our life. He says, just walk with me today. Walk with me today. 
I'll take care of your needs. And, and we really have limited control anyway. That's when we begin to live a blessed life. Jesus said at the beginning on the, of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 3, out of the message version, it says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God. I really love that. You're blessed. And think about how weird that sounds. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Now, none of us would ever have come up with that. Not a person in this room would have come up with that statement and said, oh, you know when, you're, you know when things are really good is when you feel like you're hanging on by your fingertips and you're just about to let go because you can't hold on any longer and you're about to fall. That's the, that's the moment when you're just so super-duper blessed. The only person who could walk into your life right now and give you this perspective is Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only one that, who can say these words because he's the only one who can bless you when you're at the end of your rope. He's the only one who's ever said those words. You're blessed. You're blessed when you feel like you're about to fall. And what he's trying to teach us, this is so simple, but we miss it. Some things are so simple, we, we just, we're looking for something deeper. And it's, not, it's, it's just staring us in the face. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope because there's less of you and there's more of God. There's more of his presence. He is your strength. He is your portion. He is everything you need. And so you're blessed because there's less of you. You get in the way. You keep stepping in it. So when there's less of you and more of him, that's a great thing. Now, I was thinking this past week. Every, every miracle, right? When you look at Old Testament, New Testament, it doesn't matter. Every single miracle has one thing in common. Any person who had some move of God in their life, there's one thing that's in common. And it wasn't faith. You might think, oh, they had faith. No, there were people who got miracles and they didn't have any faith. They were worried to death and didn't know where they stood. And yet, they, God moved in their life. And it wasn't prayer. And I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of prayer. I think that's awesome. But that wasn't, there were people who, who received miracles who didn't pray. The one thing in common, people had a problem. There was a problem. And God showed up. And he did something that they couldn't do and that they didn't expect. And it was miraculous. That's why we use that word because only God could have done this. I was thinking about today, I was like, you know, I thought about having an invitation at the end. Like, you know, we should play a song at the end, and I should just ask, hey, who's here that doesn't have any problems today? If you don't have any problems, would you let us help you? If you don't have a problem in your life, would you come forward so that we can, so that we can pray for you and just say, Lord, would you give them a problem today? <laughs> because when you've got a problem... That makes you a great candidate for a move of God. That's when he wants to move in your life. It's, right? It's, it's all about what are, the, what are the hard things that we're trusting God with. And that's what worry does. Worry is I have this issue and I have to be in control. I have to figure this out. I have to, if nothing else, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to stew about it until I make myself vomit about it because I'm so worried and nervous. When it's highly difficult, when you're at the end of your rope, he says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope because until you're at the end of your rope, what we do 
as humans is we try to fix everything. We try to fix every problem. We become or try to become self-sufficient. And that is not what Jesus wants. Never, ever did he say, I want you to be totally independent. Take care of yourself completely. You, you don't need anybody. That's how I want you to no. know. He said we've got to become like little children when we come to him. That we, we're, we're, we're highly dependent, full of major trust. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Let me pray for us. Lord, we uh, pray that you would increase our faith. Help us to, to seek you in the moments when we feel shaken. And give, us, give us that confidence that we, that we understand and we know who you are. We've seen what you have done again and again in our own lives. You've seen, you, we just sang, Lord, about how you will not fail. You will not fail. But when we get scared, we forget. So just help to lift our eyes. Help us to have that steadiness that we can be faithful even in the middle of the storm because we know who our hope is tethered to. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for these, this strong teaching that, that uh, just convicts us and it, it pushes us. Lord, help us to be pushed and help us to respond and to, by standing firm. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I'll see you next Sunday.